Hello, my name is Tucker Johnson, and I am your host today as we experience NIMSY Live, where we talk about the latest and greatest in translation, localization, internationalization, culturalization, and all that fun stuff global companies need to delight their international customers, or at least not to piss them off too much. On this program, we invite guests who like to have fun and have some value to add for our audience of globalization professionals. I'm always eager to provide a platform to those with a good story or a good data set. So let us know if there are any topics you'd like covered or guests that we should reach out to for future episodes. If you haven't already done so, then I would encourage you to subscribe to NIMSY Insights, either on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you are joining us from today. If you subscribe, then you will be one of the first people to be notified when we have new live streams or when NIMSY Insights publishes new research over on NIMSY.com. Today, before we get into it too much, I wanted to let you guys know about some exciting events that we have coming up here at NIMSY Insights. We have put together a whole event series for for you guys, for for the industry out there. And there's definitely more to come. But so far, if you missed it, then we did our annual State of the Language Services Industry readout, I would say, on Tuesday. That's highlighting, of course, the NIMSY 100, which will be published, I think, over the weekend. So when you come into the office on Monday, then you can go over to NIMSY.com and check out the NIMSY 100, the full market report. We also have some events coming up, choosing the right investment in the language services industry, where we're going to talk to Jordan Kay from Mobius Investment. Yesterday, we talked to Tamara Tierjirak from Frontier Development, Vinny Brito from Invent, Julia Greco from Shopify, and Paul Gerton from Royal Phillips. And the topic of that was the lessons in localization series that we have over at NIMSY Insights. I'm not going to read all of these for you guys, but go check it out. And you can find those on NIMSY's LinkedIn page. Go to our LinkedIn page and go to that event tab, and you will see all of the events that we have coming up. And you can sign up for them, register for them, so that you'll be notified when we go live. And you can watch the recording afterwards. This is a live event for those of you that haven't joined us previously on live events. You know how it works. We'll bring up the chat over here. So if you have any questions in chat, make sure that you're putting those over there. We like to make this an interactive process. Chat is just as much of a guest on the show as our actual guest, whom I will be introducing right now. So let's get into today's topic. In in recent years, the way that we work has been changing, which was only accelerated in 2022, or 2020, I should say, when we were faced with the global pandemic, forcing many traditional offices to convert quickly to remote work. Since then, companies have been looking for creative ways to continue to evolve the traditional work model that benefits not just their business, but their employees as well. Today, we are talking with an LSP, uh, a CEO of an LSP, about an interesting experiment they have been running. Months ago, they asked themselves, what would happen if we moved to a four-day work week? If this is an idea that you have had for your office, then this conversation will be particularly interesting because we can all benefit from hearing how it has been going for them. So without further ado, I will... in. Uh, introduce today's guest. Guest, many of you know him, many of you love him. Diego Cressery. Diego is the CEO and founder of Creative Words, a language services provider based in Genoa, over in Italy. In 
April 2021, he co-founded a startup as well called Creative AI for the provision of data and artificial intelligence. He's a graduate in translation and interpreting at the University of Genoa. Before founding Creative Words, he was a translator, project manager, and chief operations officer in a local translation agency. He holds workshops and seminars on innovation, artificial intelligence, and machine translation at universities. And that's about all, all of the stuff. That's not all of the stuff. That's all of the good stuff I have to say about Diego. Diego, welcome to the show. What did I leave out? Thank you, Take. Happy to be here. Thank you very much for the nice introduction. I'm excited. Welcome. And like I said, guys, many of you over in chat know Diego, so feel free to put questions for him over there, and we'll, we'll get to those. But yes, please. to kick us off here, we are talking today about the four-day work week. Now, this is, as I mentioned in my introduction, this is something that I had actually spoken with you months and months ago, and I haven't talked to you. I haven't had a chance to catch up with you since then. So I, I myself am finding out how, how has it been going over, over the last months. Um, but I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell us a little bit about what what you're doing. We're talking about the four-day work week, so it's obviously clear what it is. But when did this idea get started? Why did this idea get started? Take it away. So first time I heard about that was from one of my colleagues. And we were having an innovation challenge in our company. And we used the platform to propose ideas, basically, innovative ideas. And to me, I was expecting, you know, technology things like integrations, anything related to technology. One of them actually proposed it for the short working week. And I did ignore it uh, at first. So I didn't really take care of that. Uh, after some months, I heard about a webinar uh, going on and one I missed. Uh, and they were basically asking themselves, is it a short working week going to work in the language industry? So I was not able to attend that webinar. Uh, but when I heard about it, I decided, let's give it a go. And there was actually having a lunch break and I was working in Genoa. And then I thought, okay, now I go back to the office and and tell my my colleagues, let's do it. And when I was going back to the office, I met Daniela. She was also working during lunch break. And Daniela, she's here somewhere. And I proposed that to Daniela. And usually Daniela is someone who starts with a no. So yeah, she's like me. Yeah. And, and that, uh, Daniela that was on the show a few episodes yeah. back, and we were joking around that w her and I are the people that need to say no to people like you and Renato. We, we need you. So, we need you guys. Yeah. Absolutely. But she said yes. And to me, that was the greatest uh, you know, thing that made me think, okay, let's do it. So I went back to the office. It was probably end of August. And I told my team, guys, I want to do that. So let's do that. And it took us one month and a half to kick started because there's, there were so many things we had to do in terms of, you know, bureaucracy to make it work. Uh, you know, agreements with the employees and everything, labor laws, whatever. It's pretty new in Italy, so nobody was aware of, of sure. this. And, and, and it, then Italy's not the it. best environment to be, shall we For say, creative with labor labor laws right it's so, quite complicated i guess compli it's complicated i should say other yeah. european countries it's not as easy as it should be 
so I had to talk with the Chamber of Commerce, with my consultants to in order to find the best way to make it work. And, and we started in on October 17th. So we had one month now to to kick this off. And so we are now almost five months into this. Oh wow. Yeah. So this is our report. Wow. My idea originally was to have a six month prior period. I was advised to make it longer because in six months we are not really able to understand uh, you know if it's working or not. Uh, so we have a trial period, longer one until the end of this year. So we are still in trial. So period. you're still in the trial period. Well, it must be going good if you haven't canceled it yet. Um, I have so many questions. I don't. I don't even know where to start. Um, help me out, chat, if you got questions. But my first one is what. What does that look like? Like we say, four day work week. Does you just work Monday through Thursday and say, "Oh, it's Friday. Go home and eat some fish," or, <laughs> or like, what, what does it look like? Uh, it, it's it's an all in basis. So as a standard, we take one day each week, and this is first week you take Monday, and so on. Of course, we take shifts. And so let's say first week you take Monday, then Tuesday, then Wednesday. And then between the fifth and the sixth week, you get the Friday and the Monday. So you get to have a longer weekend as well, which is a nice addition to this. This is how it should work standard-wise. Uh, then, of course, it's not as easy as it seems. We need to, uh, to make some changes sometimes. Uh, but this is how we are organized, mostly, I would say. So people, you're basically taking shifts, um, essentially, because I, I mean that's my number one thing. We're we're in the language services industry, so service is a big part of how you vendors like you are adding value to your clients, and you can't just take off one day a week. How, how does that work with account coverage? Let's say. Um, yeah, that's that's a good one. Of course, uh, project manager. Well, we are there five days a week for our customers, of course. So nothing has changed for us, for them. Um, so project managers was the most impacted team, I would say. So sure. we need to find some ways to make it work. Uh, I, I would like to mention that it hasn't started with the short working week, but we had already many integrations and automations in place in order to be quicker with project management. But then, of course, we needed to change some uh, little pieces of, of our processes. Um, so, for instance, the first cha big change that we did was to have a single inbox for all our projects. Okay. Something we hadn't implemented before. So, you know, every project manager would have their own customers and every customer would have their, their own project manager. This is the same now with, you know, our premium customers, but uh, most of them, uh, do have a single alias they write to, and the first available project manager will pick up their uh, their request. And this is working, I would say, great. I think we even managed to be quicker than before. Uh, we, you know, replying to requests. Sure, because it's it's more coverage, right? Yeah, so it's more coverage. I, I'm personally a big fan of aliases. I know a lot of people hate aliases. Um, oh, we did. We did hate aliases. You did uh, hate this. Yeah. Most people do, but I'm a big fan of it. It's how I was kind of brought up in this industry. And I've learned I'd rather be on an alias and ignore emails and be able to have them um, just so I can jump in and cover for people. So I'm sure that was a, a shock getting people used to working on aliases. 
Yeah. I, I mean, we all fear that the customers will not like it. But again, the service has improved, actually. It's not nice. getting worse. Well, and there's also kind of an aspect of enforced cross-training on accounts there. That's, oh, a, that's a big weakness that a lot of us have when we're on the vendor side or managing a project is, you know, if I'm a project manager for a high-profile client, it's hard for me to take a vacation because nobody else knows how to do the job. But if you're forcing me, and I don't know if you're forcing it, but if you're forcing me to take a four-day work week, then I'm going to have to train somebody else on how to do that job. So well, we, we had that, of course. I mean, every customer had the backup project manager, of course, already, but now they have a team behind their projects so rather than just two people. Because, of course, we were taking all of this before as well. So so we had a couple already, but now it's more, we, we split the team into two teams and assigned a customer. So every team is made up of five or four people. Okay. So there's, there's more coverage, absolutely. Marta in chat had the same question that I was just about to ask, but I'll give her the credit for this. When you're moving to four-day work week, and Danielle is stealing your thunder, she's already answering it, looks like. But when you move into a four-day work week, are you going to four tens, as we say in the U.S., like four ten-hour days instead of four five eight-hour days? Or is it the same amount of time? What does that look like? It's, we, well, full-time employees, they work 32 hours, so okay. eight hours per four days. God, I got to get out of the U.S. I got to move over to Europe. Uh, well, after I believe after six or seven hours in the office, you're just not able to to produce or to be. I productive. I, I can <laughs> agree. It doesn't make sense. I can agree with that. And yeah, I saw Stefan down. Stefan, I always call him Stefan. Stefan, down in the comments too. He said that you spoke at his local lunch uh, recently, and he had gotten a bunch of feedback that was the same. It's like I, from people saying, "I'm moving to Italy." Sign me up. Food is great. The food is great. I can I can vouch for that as well. So thirty two yeah, hours. So basically, the model is eighty one hundred eighty. So eighty percent of the time, one hundred percent of the salary. Because I think that would be another question that I would get soon. And uh, yeah, one hundred percent of the productivity. That's well, so, the idea. Well, since you brought it up, what is the effect on salary on this? Were there changes? Oh, in no, that? I mean, it's not a, a wage reduction. It's a, okay. It's a reduction of the time you spend. Well, that's in the nice. It's good. Yeah, because my my first like being the skeptic that I am, my first question, like, cynical question, would be: Okay, so I'm getting to work for four days a week, but am I having to work like extra hard on those days or extra long hours, something like that? You, you mentioned earlier, like when you were brainstorming about this, you came in and you talked with Daniela, who was working during her lunch hour, which is blasphemy in Italy. She was walking, not working. Oh, walking. Oh, I heard working. Walking. And I, walking. I'm like, well, what good well, is a four hour, four day work week if I have to work over my lunch hour? Okay. So thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> no, we were walking. I mean, it happens that we, we work. Uh, Daniela can testify this. Uh, oh, sure. But doesn't happen too often. Hopefully. So, what would you say the effects on productivity? We we talked about. I mean, you mentioned like service. The level of service has actually gone up. Like, what can you say about productivity? Are people able to focus better during those four days? 
Well, I would say yes. Again, we, we have a strong technological infrastructure, so many of our manual processes are automated, and this was the start. So it was a, as a, con a consequence as well as the cause of this short working week. Uh, productivity in terms of projects managed has not decreased at all. Um, but it hasn't decreased either. Quite good. Hasn't increased either, you said. Or hasn't decreased either, right? Which no, it if... hasn't decreased. Uh, it's, it's basically the same uh, as it was before. Of course, we are keeping implementing new things in order to be even quicker. Um, what we did also in terms of you know communication, internal communication, is we had to implement some day-to-day -day communication system in order, you know, you, you take a project on the Monday, then you are off on the Tuesday, and on the Tuesday, you, someone needs to deliver, and you need to know how to deliver, uh, and so on. So this is done with Monday.com at the moment. Okay. So that's the system we are using. And that's for day-to-day -day communication. But we all, already had, you know, very well-documented processes for every customer. So this was there already. And we have another question here in chat um, from Boryana, it looks like. Have you changed the working hours and, and remote slash hybrid policy? Does PTO is okay? Bunch of questions here. So the first of all, first of all, how does this overlap with or does it any changes into remote slash hybrid policy that you may have had? Uh, well, we've been working hybrid already uh, since 2020. Oh, okay. And we have remote employees; they they work full time from home. Okay. So there's been no change, I would say. Nice. So when you're saying four hour or four day work week, that doesn't necessarily mean they're coming to the office four days. That means remote oh, no. employees are working remote. And... Yep. Okay. They're working uh, four days. All right. And so second part of the question, um, how do you mess up or how do you account for PTO or paid time off and holidays with this? Um, what happens? What's it? So uh, I can imagine here, like if I'm working Mondays through Thursdays, for example, and Friday is a holiday, so I would get that off anyways. Like, do people get like, well, can I take an extra day oh, off because the holiday falls on my day off? How does that work? So the rule is that we plan the holidays. Uh, we plan the days off and you get the day off if you work at least three days. In the if you work okay. three days, okay. okay. So if there's a couple of days of holidays of bank holidays, nobody takes the day off. Otherwise, I mean, the office will be always empty and right. it doesn't work. Uh, you gotta have some. So, gotta have some rules. Yeah, yeah. So that that's one of the rules. And the other rule is that when we have you know company global meetings, so everybody from all over Italy comes to the office usually in, in that week. Okay. Uh, we don't take days off, and this happens three times or four times every year. So it's not a big deal. So you do have those days when everybody's in the office at the same time. Like you make plans three or four times a year to make sure that the whole team's together. Cause that would be one of my concerns too, is, you know, losing that team cohesion. Cause not everybody is working together. And yeah. So, so well, this has to do with remote work as well, I guess. Fair, uh, yeah. For project managers, yeah. for instance. There's one day every month that everybody's in the office. Well, okay. he's working at the office, sure, so everybody sure. is working at his or her desk, so that they can have their global team meetings. 
and with linguists is the same okay. because it's it's really important to be able to yeah to i'm i i am definitely a big supporter of that like getting the team together even even bringing remote employees and that's something that we've adopted here at nimsy insights is we try budget permitting to have an all hands meeting like once a year or so where we get people because we're all remote here at NIMSY, we're, yep. we're all over the place. So we try to really hard to get everybody together at least once a year so that we can like, you know, shake hands and actually meet Absolutely. the people. That's, that that's pretty important. Eat some good food as well. <laughs> um, as far as managing this, I know you guys are big on tracking, use OKR methodology, I believe over there, creative words. How has this affected? Have you come up with any specialized KPA, KPIs, goals, OKRs, tracking, reporting? Have you had to change the way that you approach that, or have you developed anything new? And not, not anything big, I would say. So we keep track of, of the revenue of any missed projects, any missed deadline. That didn't happen so far, so we don't keep track of that. We the numbers I look at is the numbers at the end of the month. I mean, I, I don't really check. Right. Uh, well, Daniela does that <laughs> probably more than I do. But if the clients uh, are happy and you're making money and the quality is good, then who cares? And right? people are happy as well. I mean, that's the most important goal of this initiative, right? Keeping people happy and less stressed. Well, I, hopefully, so. and that leads it's not me measurable. To... Maybe well, we measured that actually because we had a survey last month about that about stress level uh, between the employees. Oh, that's cool. It was going down compared to the initial uh, days of this initiative. So that was good. So that's something we measured. Other than that, we really measured the, the revenue and the profitability of customers. But this is what we were doing before. So nothing yeah. has changed. And uh, Boris, is that Boris? Yeah, Boris in the comments here mentions exactly he mirroring my thoughts here. If everything is the same as before, except four work days instead of five, it's basically the equivalent of giving everybody a 25% or a 20% pay increase, right? Because they're working less hours and making the same money, and they're happy. They're getting the same amount of work done. I I'm waiting for the catch. Yes. I'm trying to find a catch. Like, okay, so what blew up? Like, what what's burning down around you? Because conventional <laughs> wisdom says that you can't just let people work 20% less than what they were working before and still get the same results. That's the conventional wisdom. But it sounds to me like a lot of this is just kind of... I mean, if you have one more day to relax and do your own stuff and take care of your sad initiatives, community work, whatever, I think that on those four days that you are in the office or at your desk, you just work more. It's just when you... Are the day before going to the holiday, are you are you quicker? You want to close everything and deliver everything you have on your desk. I mean, it's it's just like the same. Uh, they 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 do work smarter. They probably do work quicker. On those four days, they have one more day to to relax, and that's it. I mean, it, it's unconventional maybe, but I I think it's also pretty straightforward to to understand. And that makes a lot of sense because I can't tell you how many days I. How many Thursdays I've left a project for tomorrow because I know that, I'm I, well, shoot, I'll be here tomorrow, so I'll just do that tomorrow first thing in the morning. But if I'm closing down on a Friday and I want to get out of there, then I'm more motivated to actually get, get everything done. So the psychology, you know, the psychology yep. behind that makes a lot of sense. Yep. 
Yeah, in terms of uh, extra hours, it happened the, maybe the first month that we had some more. But now I think we have less than 10 extra hours sold to in the whole team every month, which is, I mean, nothing, right? Right. And extra hours means really nothing. Uh, I don't ask for extra hours. I mean, to me, extra hours is a problem, not, not, not something I want to. It's not something that I want my employees to do. Yeah. Uh, when there are many extra hours, it's a problem. I don't really uh, celebrate that, let's say. So, but it's not happening. So that's good. And we have a ranch I see your comment here. And this is kind of a question that I wanted to ask. What if, or it's related to a question I wanted to ask, what if I'm working for you? And you say, good news, everybody. We have a four-day work week. And I say, you know what? I'd actually prefer to work five. Work, uh, like I like, I, I hate change. I hate progress. I want to keep working five. And screw this four, four-day work week idea that you have, Diego. Is there an option for people to work five? Like, you know, what do you mean? Like working five days less that tells, hours? That tells me that it hasn't come up. So like if I wanted to work five days and make more money, is that an option? Okay, that's the question. Uh, well, nobody asked me for that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I think, I mean, that the, could be dangerous the, too because offering more money, money, money's weird. We get weird about money, right? So I could see a situation where people are saying, well, I want to work five days and make more money. And then after two months of that, they're like, well, everybody else is working four days. You know, we, we, we tend to forget. <laughs> they want the same money. Exactly. Uh, I, the same with extra hours. To me, the, the, the day off would be an extra day. And I, I wouldn't incentivize that. Yeah. Really. I mean, it's, I, they need that extra day off. That, that's my, my thought. They need it. And for, for that extra day off, uh, man, it's sounding so tempting. For that extra day off, based upon the feedback that you've gotten from your team and just your observations, how are people using that time? Are That's the question. Are they learning guitar? Uh, are they taking more trips? I, 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 this is something I would love to, to answer to. I can answer for myself. Okay. I started a skydiving, the training course. Uh, so I'm doing skydiving. A skydiving um, training course. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, and you know why? Because I have a family, I have two kids. Uh, yep. Usually I do skydiving on Saturday. But if I'm home on, let's say, on the Thursday, I feel less, uh, you know, guilty. Because yeah. I'm off, I'm off doing my own stuff. Because it's Saturday. an extra day and you're not stealing yeah, that time from your family. I started some volunteering, uh, some different things. I, I haven't gone into that detail. I didn't want to do that kind of storytelling. Yeah. And I, I really don't want to ask what they're doing in their free time. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> their free time is their free time. I was just wondering yeah. if, if you knew of anything. And Anna, I see your comment here uh, about the stress level. I think we already talked about this a little bit. The stress level has gone down measurably because you took these two surveys and the stress... Yeah, it's an average. It, on, on average, sure. Yes, if Daniela was on stage now, she'd probably reply. It's uh, not always like that for her and me. Sure, yeah. <laughs> on average, yes. On average. So that's good. 
And Eddie in the comments asks, have you noticed this working better for particular functions, creative roles versus more technical ones such as software development? So every, everybody's moving to remote. Are there some teams that it works better, better for than others? No, I mean, we, we, we are an LSP, so we don't have a development department. We don't have, we, 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 are, we have basically two big teams, the linguistic team and the project management team. The linguistic team has always been doing uh, quality rather than actual translation. So basically, there's been no, no change in the number of outsourced words. So they're working on creating documentation, having kickoff calls. So it's just a matter of being more organized, I guess. There are individual, let's say, departments with just one people, one person, like, I don't know, marketing or vendor management more or less one person so it's just a matter of being self-organized but it works pretty good with every team yeah I, I can imagine the client facing roles like the project management client facing project managers those are the ones that are but but you have we talked about that you have the aliases you have the sharing sharing of the workload yeah I guess for some customers i mean they, they expect us to be there and having the monthly calls but it's just a matter of talking with them, explaining what we're doing. Usually they're quite jealous that we're doing this and they, they adapt their schedule as well to, to you know, the day off of their particular project manager. Very cool. Yeah, because I know just based upon all the conversations I have with client side folks, like one of the biggest pain points, I would say, points of contention, areas of distraction, whatever, is when they're constantly having to work with different PMs from their vendor. Like clients want one PM so that they can build that relationship and trust them. And you're telling me that really hasn't been a challenge. The clients have been either willing to work around the schedules or they're liking the, the team model. No, as of now, it's not been a big challenge. We may be at some questions around it but other than that i mean the level of service has not changed i mean there, there are some things it's not uh all going uh -huh. like smoothly now, now we're getting into it yeah of I, course. i've been trying to <laughs> I mean, i've been trying to find what's wrong with this it, it sounds too good to be true <laughs> so for some customers i had the feeling we had no feedback at all about this but i had the feeling that we needed to develop more of a, an account management role in the company okay. so this is something we're working on because yeah you lose part of the relation sure. so we are building this world which we didn't have before before uh so it's working progress i guess this is something we could have done before as well and and again the other thing is that it's not working perfectly every week for everyone sometimes i'm not taking the day off because you just can't i mean i have two companies to manage many things to do doing the live with you sure, I mean, sure. <laughs> many things uh, so it's not always for especially i would say for me and daniela and and maybe a couple of other people in the company we do many many things right also outside of just you know delivering projects for these initiatives, you know, Daniela with women organization, me with Alia. I mean, it's not always easy not to have any call in, in your day off, for instance. Oh, I can, I can, oh. I can definitely relate to that. But the difference is, and, you know, I think, and I think this is good feedback for anybody 
which is, or good advice for anybody, and I freely try to dispense it, is that ideally, if you can, ideally, and I know that's not an ideal world, but you want your teams operating at 90% capacity because then when shit hits the fan and it gets busy, then there's that bandwidth there. And if everyone's always operating at 100% capacity or more likely 110% capacity, like, like a lot of us are, then when things get really busy, then we start getting into that burnout mode. So if you're working four days a week, like worst case scenario is, oh man, it's crunch time. We got to work five days this week. And that sounds a lot better than, oh man, I've got to work over the weekend. I think the size of our team, I'm talking about project management, it's always been a little bit bigger than we needed. And this is the same now. I mean, they're not working 100% of their capacity. And again, with technology, we are very scalable on many different projects. Sometimes we just don't you know, touch the files or whatever. So this makes us scalable. It's always been so in our company, uh, different tools. So I think that would be the buffer that we need, but we do have a buffer. I mean, it's I know many other companies with same size and less people. <laughs> so right. uh, I always thought I, I wouldn't want them to go into burnout. So we always being a little bit more than we needed. And this is how it is now. And Boris here is asking about, like when you initially had these brainstorming sessions for, you came up with this idea, you watched the webinar, you said, I want to do this. How are we going to do it? Did you ever think about doing, instead of a four-day work week, you would say just reduce hours and distribute those 32 hours over five days? So reduce the number of hours in the day? Or what conversation did you have about that? Because I'm sure that must have come up. Like, instead of having a four-day work week, can't we just reduce the number of work hours in a day? What would have been the pros and cons of that? So this is something that I hadn't thought of. Because okay. I, I'm more of an, I, I don't tend to think too much about things. <laughs> so what I did is I asked my people, okay, if you want to make it happen, make it happen. Do your own, you know, brainstorming in your team and mm -hmm. find your own ways. I really didn't do anything uh, on this, on the processes. Uh, but after, uh, afterwards, I, I, I saw a webinar, well, a training on, on LinkedIn Learning about this. And I thought maybe I should have prepared a little bit more. So that, that was an option that I learned about in that course, but it's not something that the team brought up. I'm really open to it. I mean, again, the, the objective here is to make them happy. If someone asked me, uh, I would rather do six hours and on five days, that would make 30, and they would owe me two hours. But <laughs> the, the idea is that they could do it. Uh, I think it it has different challenges in terms of organizing uh, the team sure. with project managers, probably, mostly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm open. Uh, again, the idea is for them to be happier and adapt to their own schedule. We are all pretty young, so we don't have, uh, not all of us as families and kids, sure, but sure. of course, these needs arises, uh, we will, will, will adapt, I guess. Well, and, and to me, that's really kind of a key theme that's been going through here, which I'll highlight, is that this was, this isn't like 
a top-down, like, we're going to do this because I read a blog about it and it sounds like a good idea. Like, you came to your team with a goal. Like, how can we implement something that's going to allow you guys more free time so that when you're focused, when you're here at work, you're, you're able to be more focused and productive? And you just kind of open the door and let them figure it out. So yeah, absolutely. And this is I remember it really is a big Skype chat. I mean, it was 15 minutes chat and a call. And I told them, I, I, I do remember the comments I got as well. I mean, everybody would be jealous. Some, someone was more stressed. And I gave, gave them a couple of days to really think about it. And then they started, you know, to, to brainstorm with themselves and, and create great ideas, uh, really. And I took more care of the bureaucracy and everything from a labor law perspective. Other than that. That was your role in it. Yeah. Makes sense. And it was not easy. I have to say it was not easy. I, I can imagine. I can imagine. So moving forward, you're still in the, you started off saying, okay, we need a six month pilot um, or probation or whatever you want to call it um, to start, which honestly, that's risky because if you give everyone a four day work week and then six months later you say this isn't working and you tell them they have to work five days again, there you have a potential mutiny on your hands. So kudos to you for taking that risk. <laughs> well, it's again, I didn't think enough about it. I guess uh, so. It was more spontaneous, but in that but it's working. Course, it's yeah. working. So <laughs> yeah. so that's good. So you're still kind of in the piloting phase through the end of this year. How do you anticipate, or do you anticipate tweaking anything in the future? Are there any adjustments you might make, or any lessons learned that you're going to um, adjust for? Not not as of now. Uh, I mean, unless someone asked me for something slightly different, I wouldn't change anything. Uh, my idea was to make it permanent after the, the pilot. Okay. I'm not sure this is a good idea. I mm. think it's a matter of trust and ongoing commitment. So what I would probably do is having like yearly an yearly renewal uh, for our you know internal agreement. It keeps you know a bit a bit of engagement that we really need yeah. on a constant basis. So that's the only change to my initial idea. And then, of course, we will adapt to any specific request. Nice. Just keep checking in with people and seeing if they have any ideas themselves. Uh, yeah. Chat over there. You guys have been sending some really good questions. If you have any other questions, I'm going to give you one last chance to get them in before we start wrapping this up here. Because my last question for you would be if you could wrap it all up and give us a takeaway um, because I know people are going to listen to this or watch this and think, hmm, how can I start doing this at, or should I start doing this at, at my company? What advice would you, Diego, have for others that are interested in creating, recreating, I should say, the model that you have here for the four-day work week? So it's two different questions. Should I start and how could I start? Okay. Should I start? Yes, you should give it a try. <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, the commitment you do with, I mean, if you're clear in communicating this to your team and you want to try it, there's no reason why you cannot go back. I mean, if you're very clear from the start, right? So I would go to your team and, and tell them, do, you, do we want to try this? If it works, it works. If it doesn't, we go back to the, I mean, it's worth trying, no? I guess. So I, I would really try 
And the other thing, and I really want to be clear on this, again, I didn't do any reasoning on the processes. And I guess if you go to your team and you ask them to make it happen, and if, if it's for their own benefit, because it's, it's a very good benefit, I guess, they would work harder. If you go to your team and ask them to be more efficient because you want to have a new car, it's not going to work the same way, I guess. So if it's for them, they will see the advantage of it. They will, you know, create a picture in their mind about what they can do in that free day that they got. I guess this can work. So involve, engage your team, not, not only the management team, if you have one, uh, but everybody in the company. Yeah, yeah bottom up. And I love that. It's truly empowering your team because not only are you empowering your team, you're empowering your team to empower your team, right? You're saying like, hey, team, I'd like to empower you, but I want to empower you to tell me how you need to be empowered. I don't know if that made any sense, but you're nodding your head. So yep. it sounds like <laughs> it did. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so that maybe I didn't say it clearly but that that would be my suggestion awesome diego anything i forgot to ask you here today before we start wrapping up here no i don't think so i mean there are many resources out there that i neglected to check uh so another advice would be check go and check there's been a a pilot program uh survey that the data just out it's been done in the uk many different companies in different industries I wish I had that before when I started because there are some things that I could have done differently. So you have more resources and one other resource you have is myself. So any question, I'm, I'll still be here. I'm always on LinkedIn in any case. Yeah. So yeah. Reach out to me. <laughs> so with that, guys, I would encourage you to, um, if you're not already following Diego, you should be definitely hit him up on LinkedIn. Make sure that you're following Diego. And one thing I know about Diego, he's always willing to chat, particularly if he has an opportunity to help his colleagues in this industry. He's a big source of support for a lot of folks, a lot of companies, as many of you know. Diego, thank you so much for joining us today and bringing us this subject. I look forward to observing your future success. And I'm, I'm speaking that in faith, your, your future success as you continue this four day work week. And with that, I'll, I'll start wrapping it up today. Diego, thank you so much. Ladies, gentlemen. Thank you, Parker. Thank you everybody. You're welcome. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, chat, we are out of time for today. If you enjoyed this episode of Nimsy Live, then join us next time in one of our many events that I plugged at the beginning. I won't go through them all again, but we've got events for LSPs. We've got events for investors in language services. We've got events for buyer side folks find one that has a topic or a guest that you like and make sure that you're signing up for that or watching the recording over on linkedin if you as i mentioned if you haven't already done so make sure that you're following diego Cressery on linkedin but also go check out creative words that's creative-words.com you can find their website. They've got a great blog and you can find out more about what they do and what they're all about over there. So make sure that you're following them. Thank you very much. I got to plug my guests. 
If you enjoyed this Dempsey Live experience, then you're following us on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time. And once again, I appreciate my guest, Diego. I appreciate all my colleagues here at Dempsey Insights doing the hard work so I can have these fun conversations. I appreciate everybody in our industry who fills out SNMZ surveys and schedules briefings with our analysts so we can include you in our published research. And finally, I appreciate you, the audience, who are joining us live t today. I appreciate all of the dialogues, questions, and criticisms in chat and hope to see them coming. And I will look forward to seeing you next time. Cheers. <laughs>